Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, and the matchup we'll be getting into today is 2007's Eastern Promises versus 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Keenan, how are we doing today? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? Uh, not too bad. I... In recent memory, I've had a better day than you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're, we're all good. I was going to say when I just saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith on my page again, slightly more upbeat films than last week. And then I saw Eastern Promises written before that and it all came flooding back. So we've got, if we were in football terms here, I guess a tale of two halves. We certainly do. First of of all, news of the week. Scrap the headlines this week because there's one thing above all that we do need to get into. We've been hijacked. Oh yeah, this is fucking mental. This is. I, I, I feel so bad for bringing this to your attention. No, no. It, so we were doing the podcast on Monday night. Go back and listen to that if you are interested in Liverpool. We did a complete review of their season with TK and Yovi. Get a message through from TK. Don't think much of it. Uh, the message through from Keenan. Sorry, don't think much of it. I actually looked at the message while we were recording, while I was checking some other information, and just saw the title, something along the lines of the most realistic knife fight. So you have my curiosity, but it wasn't something I was rushing off the podcast to get onto. Went to stick Eastern Promises on about 10pm after I'd finished everything. Thought I recognised this interview. It was mm. Chad Stahelski, who me, you and Jack interviewed around December two Christmases ago. Not the last Christmas, the Christmas before. Because we yep. dropped our New Year's Day. And yeah, you can hear our laugh in the background. No sign of us. You'd think we weren't there. Six million hits. Well, uh, do you know, strangely, it was the cardigan that, that tipped it for me. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm sure this is us. <laughs> so I was like, wonder yeah. how can this cardigan to, to, for it to be in more than one interview. And then I think it's, I think it's your laugh. Or well, mine's quite go, distinctive. Um, yours is quite go, a quiet laugh, and but yeah, Jack's yeah. is obvious as well. Yeah, I think you go, <laughs> yeah, or something like that, uh, like trying to move move it on, like sweep it on a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is definitely us. Yeah, I clicked, and then my initial outrage is like, okay, well, where does it say spitballing pod on here? Nowhere. There's a tiny little link in uh, the description. For anyone that's watched YouTube Shorts, you really have to go looking for it. It's like going looking for the information on, say, TikTok, where you have to kind of click through a couple of things to get there. So it is technically there. It's been edited a little bit. It's got a couple of things chucked in. Essentially, jealousy is the wrong word, but when they've got 6 million hits and ours has 6.5K, there's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. Um... (laughs) So... First of all, I would like to congratulate you, Keenan, if you imagine me kind of cheersing you down the microphone. I think we can say that we're a multi-million view podcast now. I think that's how it works. 
well by uh, by proxy yeah exactly okay um yeah we did it Maybe this is did. like one of them where we tell people it and then they say oh, okay let's have a look what don't worry about the facts just trust us here yeah this is a i mean it's not it's not an ideal scenario um i don't have the ability the only thing is i don't have the ability to produce <laughs> that the way that they've done that i mean obviously I no do. no i i wouldn't know particularly uh so we as are alluded to on as i think i actually say alluded to as i've outright said on the pod many a time before my technical knowledge is fucking <laughs> terrible so we're very much highlighting the fact that in comparison we are the small fish in this instance i'm not going to shout out the youtube channel that would be uh Fuck that. no yeah but no. That's, that's insult to injury yeah they've got about a hundred thousand subscribers we've got uh probably about a tenth of that if on... we're taking any any positives any any silver linings away um we we produce great content well, we just may, maybe not do the wrong things <laughs> with it well i think this is where we're supposed to say and i'll tell you what i wouldn't trade our listenership for this i wouldn't trade it for a second because what we've got here this small little community I would quite like a hundred thousand subscribers. So, okay, ideally, we bring the current listenership along with us. Yeah. So in a, in, a, in a real world, I wanted the fifteen thousand you were talking about. Yeah, I, I think if we now went back and watched Fight Club, I completely understand why Tyler Durden wanted to battle back <laughs> against the corporations. <laughs> just get, just getting ready. Yeah, like I view this in a completely different way now. Like the YouTube towers, after. we're we're gonna bring a revolution to their to their desks and say give us our damn credit because mm. <laughs> i don't know if we should take positives or not i don't know if this is weird to do this on the air but i feel like this does need to be <laughs> highlighted it's the most viewed video on their channel so do you take any solace from that or not <laughs> or do you feel we've maybe built them to be what they are uh i don't know because i don't know how to find out when they uploaded their short because I would be real pissed if it was like we we did New Year's Day and they did two weeks later. No, no, it's not. Um, but they do have two clips from our David Dobkin interview as well. And so if this I was to... just outright fucking thievery. Yeah, if I was to theorise, at least two news articles were written on our interview with David Dobkin, which... If you do us a favour now, at least go back and give that a watch. Give us some sense of uh, positivity to come from this. So that has a couple of articles written, and the web articles very nicely credit, and they say, an interview conducted with Spitballing Pod, there's links. It literally says that in the article preview. And I've got to think, you just go from one to the other. He's probably the next biggest name on the list mm. and you go from there but i don't know i i hoped that maybe it would transfer across but we've got more suggestions from uh, a small video about gross point blank than we have about john wick so to this man in particular your karma will come we will get those subscribers but until then keep listening along to the movie madness podcast every Thursday and if that feels like a good place to move on from because I don't feel there's any news that really 
matches that this week. Oh, you actually just not got any news of the week? No, there wasn't really a lot that happened, so oh, okay. I feel yeah, like fine. maybe this did take all the headlines this week. I there was enough other people. Pardon? I rather could be of assistance. So. Exactly, yeah. So there we go. Um, but we'll, we'll take that. Maybe I'll add to the episode list uh, from multi-million view podcast hosts, Luke Byron and Keenan Bonner. But from one atrocity to the next, let's get into Eastern Promises. <laughs> you want to go for a drink? Everything's closed. If things are closed, you just open them up. He was a dangerous man with a hidden light. I'm just a driver. I go left, I go right, I go straight ahead. That she couldn't resist. I need to know who you are. But now... How do you keep doing what you're doing? He'll be forced to choose between her... You don't look at her anymore. ...and his loyalty to a criminal empire. This is bad for us. From David Cronenberg, the acclaimed director of A History of Violence, Eastern Promises, rated R, Select City, September 14th, everywhere September 21st. A teenager who dies during childbirth leaves clues in her journal that could tie her child to a rape involving a violent Russian mob family. I uh, I had issues with the use of the word clues. Well, yeah, that that's fair. Which who do you think was more hard hard done by? Who or us in this instance? Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not having a good day, but yeah, it's on. not clues so much as this. <laughs> this, this is, is exactly who did happened. it. Yeah, that's what I mean. There wasn't the only like it wasn't very much like it was billed as it was like an investigative story. It really wasn't. You had to do one thing, be able to read Russian. Yeah, which I, I grant you, for a native English speaker, couldn't do if you had a gun to my head. But when you know someone who can translate it into Russian for you, it seems like it was figured out pretty quick. Yeah, this is, um, if this was a Scooby-Doo episode, like they would be able to do the equivalent of like a no-look shot. You know that gif of like Steph Curry turning around with a ball? goes yeah. into the basket like they you leave, you leave your mask on yeah, <laughs> we I know who did exactly this already yeah what do you think the critics thought of it i think the word gritty i can i know you know this but can you give me an over under on the combined use of the word dark and gritty i don't know if i have one down on my notes but that's not to say they weren't mentioned because they almost certainly were. I feel like they'll. It will be. Yeah, I, I feel like I would have been a good over under to take. Maybe so we can bring in. Yeah, I'll take you. I'll take you through five that we do have. So, beyond the film's eroticized violence and secretive world among the brutal Russian gangsters, Cronenberg also tells an immigrant story about people who want a better life, only to find their desire exploited. Eastern Promises has a lot going for it, which makes it all the more disappointing when the story takes a fatal turn towards the end. The dark and brooding world of the Russian Mafia makes the thrilling movie material and the jumping point for a contemporary gangster epic. There seems to be no point at all other than to craft an unsettling motion picture with some grisly close-ups of throats being slit. finally, although relentlessly gripping, the film is more interesting than it is satisfying, 
let down by the script. Any of those stand out to you? Um, no, not overly. I mean, the point about there not being a great deal of point to it is probably what I took away. <laughs> yeah. But. I felt with what they were saying about the ending and kind of it being gripping in a sense that you do want there to be some comeuppance. I think it has to be a very, very bad film for you to have that premise and for you to not be rooting against a bad guy, whoever it is. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, unsettling. I don't know. But if you're going to do, if you're going to go that way and then not be a comeuppance, you've really got to be like, hey, it's what life is. Yeah, which we have seen in some other things recently. Um, yeah. But I'm not too sure. I'll run you through the trivia because there's literally three pieces of it and then we'll kind of share our thoughts on the film. So Viggo Mortensen says his performance was informed by Vladimir Putin. He says he watched Russian TV daily to immerse himself in the language and Putin was on the news constantly. He noted his unfazed look no matter what was happening or that cat that swallowed the canary expressions. He says his stance and how he held his hands were of note to him, and he also took into account his military and espionage background. Do you know why Vladimir Putin, this isn't like a joke, I'm not setting this up. Um, I read something the other day, because <clears throat> like the way he walks is like multiple people have studied it. He walks, he does something strange with his arm when he walks, um, and they think it's because of all of his time that he spent in the KGB. Gosh. Essentially, you teach your officers, like the officers and stuff, are taught. If you're moving, your hand, is, your hand basically is an inch away from your weapon. So he'll quite often walk with his le- like left hand across him and stuff. Oh, and it's basically on, it's so that if anything happens, I, I, I mean, I sort of think he still carries a gun. So it, like you're basically saying he really is that guy, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like oh, uh, like the the uncle in this, and they're like, look, you weren't really in the KGB, no, yeah, he he, he was about it, um, and that's why he holds the walk because he did it for so long as 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 part of the KGB. Because if you watch, because they say, because it was basically the point was the way he was walking. Some it was an article, and they were like, oh, look at the way he walks. Is he ill? Um, like does he have some sort of illness? They wondered if it was Parkinson's or something of, yeah. of that nature. And then they they were just like, no, have a look at these fifteen guys in the Russian government who are all confirmed part of the old like the KGB yeah. as it was. And then some of them in the FSB and stuff. They were just like, yeah, look, they all, all do this, and this is why. If there was some kind of twisted game show taking place, who would you back to last longer inside the KGB? The uncle in this or Teddy KGB? Teddy K- Teddy KGB. You think he's got that about him? Mm bluffing out uh, enemy soldiers. Yeah, I assume they just called him KGB because he's, he's Russian, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he, like, and it was just easy. It's it's less offensive than some of the alternatives. But yeah, I, I think so. Um, a sequel was planned, but never materialised. What was going on in the sequel? Do you think it's following on like what happens in the underworld with those two taking over? And he's in even deeper. 18, 18 years later, she comes back. She, it's like, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the thing with Maggie Q in it. Um, what? I really had to take a second at first and just kind of clock that everyone was who I thought it was because usually when you have something to do with a mother dying at the start, the next person you see on screen 
is the all grown up version of that baby. And so when it panned yeah. to Vigo Mortensen next, I kind of thought, okay, is that going to be it? And then you see Naomi Watts like immediately after, and she's not aged a second, and no. and it was suddenly far more clear. No, I didn't wonder if, if that would have been their sequel. The kids all yeah. grown up. She finds out, and that's what she's good. That's what she's going to do. Uh, in the original script, Nikolai revealed himself to Anna as a double agent and Tatiana's baby, Christina, was sent to live with her grandmother. Um, I don't think we needed that reveal, did we? We'll, talk, we'll speak a bit about the ending in a moment. No, but, actually, the way it is revealed, um, the way it is revealed, I actually think it's quite, quite good. Yeah, you kind of... I guess needed something after the, the scene we've just seen before that. Yeah, um, I, I actually thought it was quite well done. Um, I had no idea it was going to turn out to be a copper. Well, at the point at which I turned this film off on Monday night and then I watched it Tuesday was about a minute in. So I'm, I paused right before everything goes down in the barbershop. Okay. Because I think if I'd seen that scene, it probably would have kept me watching and I'd have been less worried about the daylight robbery that was occurring online. Um, odd time to be getting a haircut was the first thing I thought when I went back the second time around. Well, I lay at night. Yeah. Well, well he's obviously he's set up, so he's doing a favour for a mate and they know each other. Because I don't know about you, he obviously realises something is up at some point. So they aren't friends enough where he doesn't suspect that anything can possibly happen. Yeah. I'd be a bit more concerned the second he's almost bartering to try and hand over the cutthroat to the kid. Like, yeah. like what's going on here? Because I don't even want him cutting my hair. No, no. no like, even if he's handing it over and say, come on, help me out with his neck. No, <laughs> you, you're the barber here. You do that yourself. Keep that kid away from me after you've just told me he has issues. And then you're passing him a cutthroat and telling him to help with my hair. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Um, yeah, it gets turned over quite easily, doesn't it? And what what a bizarre character that kid is, by the way. Like, if there are a few bits that you get about him that he has some kind of mental deficiency. He supports Arsenal, and before you say it, uh, they don't say that the two are tied together. He's got tickets for a Chel- for the Arsenal Chelsea game. That one review that says the film's nothing more than a setup just for people's throats being sliced. Like he doesn't add anything other than slicing someone's throat and then for some reason pissing on someone's grave and then he gets sliced himself. Mm. There's there is like him, by the way, him having like learning difficulties adds exactly zero to the story. No uh, for like and Devatley has Why that. Should he be going to the football on his own? Should he be in? Should like someone who might not be able to process it correctly? They just be like, yeah, that's fine. He can kill him. Don't know what his learning difficulties. Of course, I don't know if it affects his emotions or his cognitive ability, but or his cognitive reasoning. But you know, I'd just be like, no, nah, probably, probably not my nephew. Yeah, we've saw. You know, because if you look, he's quite a young kid anyway, so he's nervous yeah. and he's want not to do it. <laughs> Could you yeah. see that? I'm essentially a child. I really don't want to murder this random this random bloke. Because we've seen enough clips over the weekend alone and the Champions League final to know he probably isn't getting off that scot-free when he's walking in the middle of a bunch of Chelsea fans who aren't a nice bunch. 
slurring Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal constantly. I don't think he gets that far. No, that's very fair. Yeah, there's there's also just like no stakes. I know it's right at the start of the film, but you know, even even towards the end, there's not really any stakes for his involvement. Usually, when that exact circumstance happens at the start of the film, it's almost like to blood them into the gang, isn't it? Like you blood mm. them in, and then they're like on jobs from there moving forward. But instead, he just cuts someone's throat one day, and then he's getting Chelsea tickets the next morning. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on with him. I, I really don't. It just like there's no stakes to it, and like it doesn't even come about. It, I, I don't really know what he was meant to, to represent or what he was meant to do. I couldn't figure it out. Was it just to say, oh, this is like how brutal this life is, or this is what this gang's about? But even then, the guy who's his uncle, you don't like. It's it, there's just nothing to it. Oh, he, weird. He's like the gritty version of that character in Bad Neighbors that exists just to get hazed by Zac Efron. Hmm. And then eventually, like, turn them over just as a tiny little bridge point in there that ultimately is meaningless. He's just the equivalent of that, except he gets his throat cut. He isn't just forced to down whatever it is he has to down. Mm. Um, so it's like almost as always some, something for sympathy, but yeah, you do have a girl that died, a 14 year old girl who dies during childbirth. Yeah, I mean, what, let's what mention she goes in one direction only, even the setup for that. Uh, I can cope with blood in films. Mm. That girl at the start made me shudder. And that's not the first time I've seen that kind of thing done in films where legs open up, the blood comes down to show either someone's going to lose a baby, either they've been raped as it is in this sense. Well, both cases. There's a lot gone wrong. That, you could show me just about anything else and that's going to make me squirm up. That was horrendous. Um... I'm not really sure what it says about me. It didn't phase me over. Well, I've watched all the Saw films where you're seeing things far more gory. When she, having known that that's what happens and having watching her walk into a clinic, or sorry, into a pharmacy holding her stomach, I think I sort of expected it. Well, it was just the blood, really, and knowing where that blood was coming from. If that's a bloke and that happens, is that phasing you? I don't know. Don't know. I feel like that definitely speaks to me. <laughs> because whether that's coming from either end, that's a problem. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, the doctor pronouncing her dead. I know it's your it's your job, and you probably have seen this kind of thing before. He doesn't seem nearly phased enough for me. He's like, call it. She's dead. Like he's got somewhere to be. I, I don't know. I assume if you've been around and you've done that enough times that you do you do become somewhat desensitized. You have to become somewhat desensitized to it. That felt like Friday night for me. He had plans. Even if he did, he's got things to be doing. <laughs> um, after this, when she first goes into the restaurant to talk about the girl... He does um, the house party kind of thing from teen movies. Like, there was no need for him to go and play that violin as he's doing the little walk through the restaurant. Like, if that's in uh, a teen comedy, usually they fist bump a few people walking through. They'll probably slap some cheeks on the way through, do the little snap fingers and point at someone, and then be like, look at this amazing party I've got. 
he doesn't need to go and abuse his two little granddaughters and then take the vi- <laughs> the violin off and show them how it's done. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's not he, he, as the film comes to paint. He's just 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 not a good human being in any form. No, it's quite a classic thing, isn't it? The look how scary I am. I'm actually really calm. Yeah, I feel a lot of people that it's just that makes it, it just makes it more sinister than that. Does Blue Eyes always make characters like that more scary? I feel like whether it's just that they're more piercing, it just adds some, something to them. I don't know. He felt like he was looking right through this camera. And if we count when she goes back and she clearly suspects that he might not be all he's saying to be as he's offering to translate the diary, she doesn't want to give her address after he's asked for it. Why don't you take a lift immediately outside? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I, I suppose it's to do one. Hates the rain that bad. I do fucking hate the rain. I do despise it. You're suspecting that they are mobsters at this point. Is that enough for you, for you to get out of the rain? It is. Uh, I, sorry, I, sorry, she does rather. The bit about not wanting to give you an address. really want to give them my address and run them, run them shall we? I'm no. In. Especially when I'm, the, the thing I'm holding is a dead girl's diary. Well, that's what I mean. For as nice as he's saying he is, she clearly doesn't buy that. Yeah. And yeah. I think even if it's, she obviously doesn't suspect the full truth. Even if it's because he's just that keen on playing, where's your address? Where do you live? I live around there. I'd be like, oh, so damn it. Yeah. But I don't want to say this without being very dark. I feel like. Writing that diary, as much as it's helped her, and that it's not helped her in the long run, it's helped the case in the long run. That's got to be making it worse, hasn't it? You go through that, and then you write about it at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know. Did you say for patients of trauma that it can help? Because sometimes you can't express your own emotions in in sort of anyone else, but you can obviously. Particularly, she words it very strongly for a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, I mean the opening of it, the opening usurp from the, the or excerpt from the diary of yeah, my dad died in the mines in Russia. He was buried that day. We all were. As a fourteen-year-old, I definitely didn't have that in the locker. <laughs> I mean, I'm twenty-seven now. I still definitely don't, but it's not that good with a written word. One one of the things, and I know there's obviously more detail to it. Um, when the diary is first kind of picked up and her uncle takes it without her knowing he comes in and says do you know what this word means it means rape and then yeah yeah I know and then he takes it away and says oh if you'll get him to translate the rest of it I don't know how much more she needed to know at that point she still seemed like there was still strong details that were going to make this worse obviously she gets the names out of it in the end but the names don't translate so his name should have been the same regardless yeah, you presume so. Does it explain a lot to you that it is the same director as A History of Violence, another film that we've done on here? Uh, I actually didn't know that. Didn't and know we had similar things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was, uh, to be fair, I did absolutely no research for this because I just knew from the synopsis I wasn't really going to be a fan. Yeah, it's the same director. Hmm. Fairly similar. Fairly, yeah, totally. That makes sense. 
They shot in the same way. In the yes, Vigo back on board. Yeah, shot in sort of the same way as well, isn't it? Yeah. If you'd asked me to guess the soundtrack to this film, you could have given me Infinity, and I would never have pinpointed Liberty X being a part of it. No. If you'd given me a hundred songs, it probably would have been the last one. I meant to text you that as well. (laughs) You've got this whole thing centering around a rape case being explored, and then the next thing you just say, see... With some dull-eyed, I think, Ukrainian women dancing lifelessly on a pole. Wouldn't have wouldn't have put those two together. No, no, it's very, very true. And in in that scene, Vigo's character gets his end away by some force by Kirill. After doing so, he tries to justify it by giving her some cash and a card to give to the police. How the hell did he justify that to his superiors? Don't know. You've got to understand, he was calling me gay. I had to. (laughs) Imagine. I feel like that doesn't go in the report. No, I thought just got... You gotta do what you gotta do. Every, every, in every other, every undercover cop film that has ever been made, there's a moment where it's just like, hey, let's do what I had to do. <laughs> and then, no matter what it is, it's like, nah, get it, you had to do what you had to do. But even like, and we're on dangerous ground here of how to go about this, but oh, say, say it. it is that he has to do this, okay? Yeah. He finishes, the other guy leaves the room. Yeah. He still slaps her cheeks on his way off. Like, who are you keeping character for at this point? I don't really know what you want me to say. Is it say to this? I want you to say, does he put that in his report? Well, obviously not. What do you, what do, you do? Yeah, was that well, on the wrong? Boss is, I feel like he's justifying it. I feel, I, somehow I don't think so. <laughs> Something else about the boss, by the way. <laughs> the whole idea of his mission, we assume, is to get in with this gang who I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. He eventually gets in with the gang. He has the tattoos and the first response of the police officers, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what did you want this guy to do? Well, does he, does he know that that means he's going nowhere? Well, even what then... What he's trying to do is pull him away. He's trying to pull him out of there. But, come on. He's done a good job. Has he? To that point, he's done absolute fuck all. Well, he's got in, which is ultimately what he's had to do. Yeah, but he's achieved fuck all other than disposing of a dead yeah. body. <laughs> he's not I got mean, him with Matt Buckner speed. Matt Buckner should have come straight out of Green Street and they should have got him straight in with... Uh, the secret forces over here because the speed at which he gets into gangs the way he gets in is the lad he's tasked to protect is a fuck up <laughs> the lad gets it krill gets him into the gang rather than his own work or initiative it's just this lad is a drunk he needs someone to look after him and baby babysit him no we don't care about you that could be you is there something to be said now? I'm not going to claim to be an expert on Cronenberg's work. The two that I'm going to name are the two that we've done on here, History of Violence 
and Eastern promises. Now, a history of violence, regardless of what we said about it, and we did have a good time kind of going through it. Mm. Um, it was a history of violence is actually just a lighter film than this. Well, I was going to say it, it's very high. It's very highly rated. And but you know, the, the, when we did the reviews and things, one of the things that were really credited was the use of violence, and they said that none of it was wasted, but it was all done in such a way that it really did have an impact with just how brutal it was. Yeah, I get that. Now, do you think there's a chance that his takeaway from it wasn't the way that the violence was used, but instead just that people liked the violent films and it being dark? Yeah, definitely. Because he just ramps it up in there and it's just like, yeah, fine. But when that that poor lad's got like an inch and a half gash in his throat, his head's almost falling off. Yeah. So I don't actually, like, whilst it doesn't, it didn't overly bother me, don't actually need it. That that's being graphic for the sake of being graphic. Yeah, or, it, felt, it felt like it was low. It was low budget, and that was the way they had to do it. Because if you can, it didn't look real, did it? No, no. You know that's latex or whatever it is that's being cut. It, so I don't know if that was it, but it's like the gap, like the gash in his throat is like an inch and a half, and it's all the way across. And his head, if you pan that the camera, whatever they're cutting there, the head of it is going to fall off in about three seconds time. Yeah. It felt like they lost the depth of characters that they had in a history of violence where you did quite clearly have the development of the wife as she starts to unravel the the kind of man that her husband was or is. In this, everyone kind of is, are what they are. Yeah. Um, and instead you just get a couple more instances of someone's throat being slit or kind of the graphic explanation of a rape of a 14-year-old girl. It's like this wasn't what we liked from the previous film but and this yeah. one has a very high IMDB score as well so something's gone right for them um, yeah I, I mean this film like this will always find a, will always find an audience this is one of them and we've spoken about it before with other films where people ask where well, maybe what are you watching this week and you say oh I'm this and they say oh I've not seen that before and it's kind of like with Doctor Afternoon where there's no way you can explain what you're watching without people looking at you like you're the weird one. Yeah, I get that. Also, is it weird that as soon as I... When you told me it was called Eastern Promises, I honestly thought we were going to be doing like a, a Kung Fu movie. <laughs> it would have been a bit more fun, maybe. Although I do recall um, Crouching Tiger and that wasn't a pleasant experience for any of us. No, I wasn't. I did not hold up well in the rewatch. Should have just gone back and done the raid again. Um, yeah. that sauna scene must have been some uncomfortable filming yeah I know you're going to laugh and you'll think it's odd but I would argue that's probably the best scene in the film it's, it's very good because it kind of goes with what we said about a history of violence in I mean raw feels the wrong word to use when some guy's dick's flopping around for the scene but there's something very primal about that scene and that's obviously the reason they do it it was, in that in that scene, I don't think that any of the violence is wasted. No, and Vigo Mortensen. Like, I know you watch him get cut, but some of it's done on a side angle, so you don't see it, or you see the blood, you don't see, you see the cut. The closest it comes is when he, he pushes the guy's head back onto the yeah, hook knife. Which was a and good the guy, move. It, it was great, but yes, the fellow would convulse, but it's like he's he like he's like hitting his head further and further into it and you see that for seven eight seconds yeah i don't know if you need all that same with the only other thing they do is they really draw out when he breaks tammy or sand's arm 
Yeah. He snaps his arm and you can see him writhing. Which is more how it is. Yeah, you know, I understand that. But in terms of if you're filming it, just the break and then a camera move. Like, you know, you know his arm's just been broken. Don't need to see all of that. I know your arm's been broken. Yeah, it's one of them. So supposedly Viggo Mortensen went to Cronenberg and said, look, I don't think there's any other way we can do this scene without me being naked. And he agreed. Um, And to be fair, if you're doing it in a sauna, then that kind of is the case because he can't be in his gown going around and doing all this. That That wouldn't get very far. So you either have to have him in his underwear before and no one else in there seemingly has that on. So that would make him a bit strange. I was thinking while watching it, obviously a lot and lot of choreographers had to go into this. Um, He did his own stunts for this in particular. And just the way it's shot, (laughs) I don't know if you'd even considered this. You know, full well I won't have considered this. Well, they have to have shot it a certain way and with certain shots and with certain movements. So his dick is not just the main focus of the scene. Yeah, yeah. Yes, because like yeah, because that, whether it? you want to see it or not, it would be very distracting if with every kick he's throwing, you've just got him windmilling around the sauna. And so they do do a good job of, despite the fact he's naked, I mean, you're forced to see some cheeks, but other than that, there's nothing really that's front and centre for you to be distracted by. Instead, you do get the fight scene as it comes. If you see his cock about six times... I mean, it's not quite in the way that it could have been if... if no, 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 no. But, I mean, it's 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 not a front and centre camera focus. It's kind of... It's there. Yeah. <laughs> the problem it, is... It's amongst well, everything else. It's supposed, it, very, it's supposed to be a very, very serious scene. Yeah, if, and if I don't... Just, as, as he's throwing a leg kick, it just, like, just pops up on camera. Yes. There's no way, there's no so, way you're not laughing. To keep that seriousness it does work and also in the fact that he is naked does kind of add to the seriousness because as i said it just feels a bit more real it feels like there's even more of a violation going on and the fact that he's writhing around on top of him like that does feel like this is very much last chance saloon like there's no reservations here he's just all in yes it, it, it makes it feel crazy because obviously where he's where he is start bollock maybe it makes him you, you appear a bit more vulnerable so it, it even though he's most definitely fighting for his life. If that was in an alley, it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't feel as on top or as intense. And that's very, very strange. Um, Mr. KGB spitting in people's faces. He spent the first hour saying how dangerous these people are. And then he's just going around like a wild man. Have some self-control. Yeah, just calls him a devil, a motherfucker, and then just spits in his face. On a scale of one to face off, how egregious is this ending? Why does she suddenly get custody of this baby? Yeah. There's got to be questions asked when she returns to the hospital with the baby as to how did this happen? Oh, well, I knew that there was mob mob involved and don't worry, they're not going to be coming back for him. By the way, this is who the baby's linked to, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a very fair point, mate. A very very fair point. I don't know. I, again, do you want a drawn out custody scene? No, it, I don't think you need to see the baby there. I think 
if you go with the tone of the rest of the film, the baby's in hospital, it's left in the system. In the way that the ending, you don't get any resolution, really. You know what's going to happen, but you don't get to see the comeuppance on screen. And so I think if you're going in that direction, you don't, then it would be more powerful to not know the fate of the baby. Maybe they've just done it to try and do something uplifting. Right. Did it work? <laughs> well, no, but I imagine for some people, they know that baby gets a, a relatively happy ending yeah. compared to the alternative. Well, He's... compared to one or two alternatives, the bit where, he, the bit where they're about to throw the kitty in the water is not going to be ideal. <laughs> His way of reasoning is that we don't kill kids. Oh, okay, fine, don't worry then. Sad. Just kill everyone yeah. else. Don't kill kids. Yeah, this 14-year-old died exclusively because of what we did. You've got to think police work would be a lot easier if every single person had their life story tattooed across their body. You'd imagine so, yeah. <laughs> like detective work would suddenly... That, that's going to be a minimum wage job. That's just going to be going far down. Mm. But unfortunately, not everyone's a Russian gang member. I don't know. Is, is that unfortunate? Even even in terms of being police officers, I'm not sure unfortunate about or uh, the terms of solving dead bodies. I guess it only really applies if the person is dead. Would so they, if everyone was a Russian mobster, would there not be a lot more? Yeah, I'm sure there would, but at least we'd identify them better and we'd identify the means a bit better. You'd be um, a lot busier. Yeah. Uh, you've already told me a favourite scene in this. Shall we go on to our second film? Okay, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a bored married couple, is surprised to learn that they're both assassins hired by competing agencies to kill each other. John and Jane Smith are like most couples, but they each are hiding something the other would kill to know. She's not your wife. She's the enemy. We have an unusual problem, Jane. You obviously won't be dead, but I'm less concerned for your well-being. So what do we do? Mm. Brad Pitt. Sweetheart. Angelina Jolie. You still alive, baby? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Witty PG-13. June 10th. What do you think the critics thought of this? I think it did okay. I think that it'll be it was okay. It's... This is probably, this is, no, wait, but I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, but this is a nothing film. Well, the perfect brand of mindless summer popcorn fodder. That's sort of pop, yeah, I don't like using the word popcorn cinema, but yes, that's, that's essentially what it is. The pretty on-screen union of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is the only thing Mr. and Mrs. Smith offers an audience beyond a relentlessly repetitive series of gunfights and car chases. I would describe something as a rel- relentlessly repetitive experience of gun, tra- yeah, of gunfighting car chases. A negative tone that he's <laughs> The script is all beginning with no middle and no end. The action simply stops and the credits roll. The couple's dark, deadpan banter is amusing, particularly during a car chase in which they rapidly exchange some home truths but there's a coldness to their characters that is never resolved. 
And finally, the movie is best when it's about a married couple who inhabit action movies for a living and falters when it wants to be an action movie itself. You like the film, don't you? I do. Got quite a high rating, to be fair. I think it's like a 7.6. Yeah, I know you're not a fan. I'm kind of okay on it. I have no uh, ill feelings towards it. Unfortunately, I did see the rating before and it had kind of been spoken up a bit, so I perhaps had different expectations in my head. But no, I did not not enjoy the film. It's, very, it's a very easy watch, isn't it? Yeah, let's go through the trivia. Do you know who initially was cast as Mrs. Smith? No. Nicole Kidman. I think she probably does. She think she probably does a very, a very, a very, very good job. Yeah, she dropped out, and Brad Pitt was ready to leave the project. Um, but once the replacement of Angelina Jolie was found, he returned, and obviously, <laughs> the rest is history. Eva Green was considered to play Jane Smith and was approached before Angelina Jolie signed on. I think you'd have enjoyed that. What, just me specifically? Or... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you like Eva Green. It wasn't a weird thing. I just don't don't know dislike Angelina Green. Jolie, to be fair. No, obviously, but I've never heard you, I've heard you mention Eva Green. Well, I think we did <laughs> Casino Royale, to be fair. And 300... Um, oh, Gwen Stefani, yeah, and she's in Sin City as well, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Sin City Two, actually, maybe. Uh, I don't know. No, it's not in Sin City. It's not probably one of their prostitutes. Well, I think it's the second she's in, but okay, sure. Fair Gwen Stefani auditioned for the role of Mrs. Smith. I don't know if Gwen can. Gwen, Gwen, yeah, I can't even speak. Sorry, sorry. I don't know if Gwen Stefani can act. Well, I do quite like it when actors or actresses seemingly just decide that some multi-million blockbuster is always the best place to start their acting career. <laughs> Being the leading lady opposite Brad Pitt obviously was no small feat for her to be jumping into and she fancied the task. Yeah, opposite. No doubt. I don't recall her doing anything since, so... No, I don't... I, I honestly don't know if she's ever been in... I don't know, she's been in films. She's in Zoolander. But a lot of it's... Uh, yeah. Like, sorry, I was having a look. She it's was not in, uh, roles like this. She was in The Aviator. Okay. Nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by Cast. Maybe they missed out then. Possibly another reason for the role appealing was Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were each paid twenty million for their roles. Hmm. Brad Pitt actually left in the middle of filming for three months just to film Ocean's Twelve and then come straight back and finish this. He's some boy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we've done yeah, a lot of Brad Pitt recently, haven't we? We've had a run yeah. of like Fight Club Seven, this. Yeah, I feel like we're ten years too late. Yeah, uh, like we were just we could we were just marking this on Brad Pitt ten ten years ago. I think we'd be doing bits. Maybe in order to get a wider PG thirteen audience, a very steamy scene between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie was cut. 
I don't know. Again, I don't know if they're increasing the rating of this somewhat. If it, I know, obviously, they're trying to market it, but, you know, PG-13, I'm not sure I'd take my, like, my I don't know if I'd take my kids, would it <laughs> take my kids to see this in 2005? No, it's a bit different, you know, but I think you can watch what you want. Is, is this just a case of they realised what they had in that we've got two very good-looking people here, so we may as well just see as much of them as we can, and clearly the two and what was going on they weren't refusing these kind of scenes. Yeah, very possibly, yeah. It's beautiful people on screen. Let's do with it what we will. Yeah, Johnny Depp was originally cast as John Smith, but turned it down after being overworked with other movies. So you could have had Johnny Depp and Nicole Kidman, I assume, then, the initial casting was. That yeah, feels want, very different want, to me. Yeah, I'd want that over Johnny Depp and Angelina. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know if this is disrespectful. I, I, I feel like Nicole Kidman would carry things a lot more from a dramatic perspective. And I don't know if that's just from seeing her recently, but I can see her being a bit more eccentric, whereas Angelina Jolie is kind of the, look, I'm cool. And that's kind of her role here. Yeah, I understand what you're trying to say. What's your favourite Angelina Jolie role? I think he's really good in Wanted. I think I'd be right up there for people. I'm one of the few that does like the Tomb Raider films. I don't remember the Tomb Raider films. I remember the Tomb Raider games. I just don't remember yeah. the films. It was Triangle, Tits, they had on like PS1, like traffic cones. Me and my brothers watched the second one in the cinema, and then I think we just watched it so many times. We had the DVD after that. Um, I don't know if it was, we were like young kids in Angelina Jolie in the wetsuit maybe was reeling us in but good little uh, huh? I assume so also not a bad film them chasing down Pandora's box which in the film obviously exists Gerard Butler as the love interests uh, slash uh, sidekick I'm trying to think uh, what else I've seen sorry I'm actually not trying to think of it at all I'm looking at it to speak quite good and gone in 60 seconds forgot about that Got that coming up. Yeah, I do think she do actually think she's she's good in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't uh, I never saw Eternals? Based actually on your reaction. What was that sorry? You would see someone's based on my reaction. I haven't seen Eternals, but a lot of that was just based on your uh, reaction. Yeah, yeah, not great. Um, since it's come out, I think enough people slated it that others are trying to rewrite history there, but wouldn't be one I'd spend two and a half hours watching again. No idea, mate, but it was literally just you were like, no good, mate. Yeah. In, okay. in turn, one of the best pieces of publicity for this had, especially around the DVD release, is the fact that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie do turn their chemistry on screen into being a couple, which they were yeah. together for obviously a very long time. Uh, multiple kids together. Yeah, I think that did, did, did quite a simple did way no to harm. drive people, wasn't it? Look, well, I think see what like, brought them together. Yeah, like I say, it was. I'm sure it was around. No, it was filmed and released or whatever. But it was the him leaving Jennifer Aniston all there about that breaking up and him getting with Angelina Jolie was massive Hollywood news, wasn't it? So I don't imagine it did the film any favors either. Not that we any like, harm, rather. No, not that we'd like to uh, attach any ill uh, feeling towards uh, our man Vince 
any sense that perhaps he spotted an opportunity here, seeing those two get cozy and he jumps in the DMs? He's too good a guy. I feel like Vince Vaughn, a guy, self-depreciating humour is something that he's well on board with. I think he doesn't think too much of himself. That If he thinks there's a window for which Jennifer Aniston may be available, I don't think he thinks he's too good to be jumping at that opportunity. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think he's just too good a guy to think about his duplicitously as you are. You are. You think he pulls Brad to one side? No, I just I, I don't know. So I'm not. I don't. I don't know if it would have been as motive driven as you as you were trying to say. Right, it's just one of those things that happened. <laughs> it's one of those things that happened. Um, I can picture him having the conversation with Brad Pitt, sunning him somewhat, not telling him, not asking for his permission, but doing the. I'm just going to tell you now. I've been speaking with Jennifer. Just okay. going to clear this up with you now. Is Brad yeah. Pitt going to step to Vince Vaughn? Vince is a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a very tall lad, <laughs> we've established. Yeah, so him standing over you, you might think, I don't, I don't, I don't need this work. Fair enough. No, and I, want it I imagine when Angelina Jolie's on your arm, there's probably not a lot that is going to offend you about one of your exes. There is also there is also that because they go on and do the breakup, don't they? Which I've not seen, but I saw a clip from recently of him not playing uh, the PlayStation that looked very good. He's playing like Tony. No, he's playing San Andreas. I swear, or Vice City. No, it's it's absolutely madden. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, because her oh, her yeah, date comes factory. into the, the flat. Factory, the football factory is playing there, Vice City. Yeah, he, this guy who's supposed to be her date comes into the flat and while she's getting ready, he ends up playing Madden with him. Maybe we'll do it as part of our next bracket. Maybe one day you'll finally play me at Madden again. Oh, I told you, if you just get your hands on a PS5, uh, I feel like that's not too much to ask for. Yeah, I mean, it is. Do you see they announced the cover star of the new Madden today? No, go on. Back to John Madden. Uh, is it not an anniversary this year or something? It must be. Oh, no one wants that curse. There a curse, is it? Yeah, there's the thing with the Madden curse where they say you basically have a shit year if you're on the cover. Okay. I actually think my favourite scenes in this are bookending with the therapy scenes. I think they're very good. The therapy scenes? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Seem to have watched a lot of things recently that involve therapists. Sopranos will definitely help with that. Yeah, there's a couple of there's been a couple of others as well. I was thinking about this the other day. No, it's just it means nothing. There's no like no like oh I need to go and see one or anything. It's just <laughs> just seems to be a lot of it at the moment. It seems to be, it seems to be watching a lot of stuff where there's some people are laying on someone's couch. That'd be something if Mr. and Mrs. Smith is what drives you to go and see a therapist. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they speak to people in my life, they'll probably tell you I need to for a multitude of sins, <laughs> but... Um, You're a therapist no. to ask how often you get in your end away. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> Wouldn't be a long story. <laughs> well, 
they when we go to the story of their meeting they tell their story of their first meeting in uh, Bogota, Colombia where they claim to be together in order to avoid being questioned by Colombian authorities I feel like questions should have been asked then certainly on Brad Pitt's side What questions would you ask? Well, she effectively comes in with the Colombian authorities. You could ask a couple more questions. Should I be concerned? Like, why were you with them? What the hell's going on? Why you did you need Angelina cover? Jolie, you, see, you see Angelina Jolie walk in and start chatting you up. No questions asked. No, I feel like down the line there's questions that can be asked. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> Sorry. It really is. The woman who looks like that walks up to you in a bar, you're drinking on your own, starts, and starts chatting away. No questions asked. Oh, doesn't they you, it doesn't matter if you look like me or you look like Brad Pitt. That's just a fact of life. He played the long game. He uh, Things worked out for him and then we don't see the kind of process of getting married. We see the one conversation, don't we, with Vince Vaughn where he's telling him, like, this stuff's going to wear off. Then mm. you'll have to find out how much you actually know about each other, how much you like each other. Very much Good little side character. I would argue the best. The, the point when his alarm or whatever it is goes off and he says, I don't get out of bed for anything less than half a million dollars. And then the second bounty pops up with her. With him, sorry. Yeah. I thought that was them saying, okay, I'll take the money and he was going to take them both out rather than I'm staying out of it. Well, it, that's that's what it's designed for, isn't it? It's supposed to be, I'll get rid of them both, but then he's like, ah, oh, no, I can't do it. Yeah, so when he went to meet him, I was still like, Did, was he behind the, sending them to the house? Um, so it's just a good guy. Yeah. So we have the scene with them both being sent to kill the DIA prisoner, Benjamin, the tank dance, uh, where they see each other for the first time good scene is there an argument that because following this scene we have three or four scenes where it's essentially one of them's in one place the other one turns up they try to kill each other but don't manage it yeah from the point not, not where good for your record by the way uh, they've had a couple of opportunities to kill each other and clearly they haven't done it i feel like we didn't need several scenes to realize okay they're not actually going to kill each other because they do our feelings for each other like the point, the the point at which they point the guns at each other felt redundant. Like I already knew what, what was happening in this instance. Yeah, somewhat, but I do really like the scene. Regardless of how necessary it is, I think it's just yeah, it's, which it's, probably it's didn't need the, we didn't need the car chase with it happening before. We didn't need this happening before. I feel with all I've said about this film, I feel you could probably trim about half an hour and get your perfect 90 minute runtime. Half hour strong. I understand your point. Um, so I said we had the shootout in their homes. Uh, oh yeah. You've got, I think that's probably when the scene that which we refer to in the trivia that they've cut out some steamy scene was yeah, probably an extension of what we see there. Yes, it very much would have been. Um, okay, so we get them teaming up, and then that's probably about the hour mark, would you say? 
we probably have an hour of them after each other and then an hour with them taking down the people that are after them. I didn't see a little bit after, but yeah, fair enough, in, in and around. These are where the critics say the film starts to kind of tail off. I don't know if you prefer the scenes with them together or after each other. I think I prefer the scenes when they're after each other. It's just a little bit more humorous, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, with it, I felt like if we could have had a figurehead of a bad guy, like a figurehead, whether it's one boss, two bosses, and I know that this was something they took out of the script. So we had a face that they're both after, and so you can have a real climax of the film with them taking out their two bosses. I think you would have had a bit more of something to go on rather than them chasing down but just saying like the agency without showing you who it is because there's no real sense of danger I would say because the people they're taking out from that point onwards there's there's nothing to those guys and you know there's going to be no no one of them going to be killed or injured by like a faceless guy yeah there's no character and you're already led to believe that these two are the best of the best so you just it's just the numbers game so you go through, you do get the good scenes with them uh, ripping through their ammunition. A couple of them take, they take about as many shots as you can get when you're playing Call of Duty without dying. Where if it's like a machine gun, you can take like four, five, six shots. And then the seventh one's the, what kills you. Looking at their vests, they take the absolute maximum each time. And then they're right back on it. Brad Pitt walks off that uh, knife in the leg very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, again, I, don't, I know what you're saying, but imagine if he's fucking limping around for that 45. <laughs> yeah. well, I was looking to see if he does do that. I think one of the most revered scenes of the film is the car chase where they're both kind of realising how little they know about each other. She yeah. says, like, it wasn't even her real parents at the wedding and this and that. That's a very good scene. You get some good explosions in there and all of that. Yeah, yes it is. And I did laugh that seemingly where there's some confusion as to whether he's asking how many people she slept with or how many people she's killed. She says about 318. Uh, how did you manage that? Well, a lot of them were two at a time. And then the look on his face as he said, don't tell me any more about this. Very good. Yeah, pure off. They're very easy to do. They're very funny. Um, what do you think about the ending? Because I feel like both endings in the films that we're doing this week are somewhat anticlimactic. It's like they had what they wanted but didn't know how to properly sign it off. Yeah. I also think my missus tried to murder me three or four times, regardless of the fact that we team up to save each other's life we probably just shake hands at the end of it and walk away well look it's been fun but i'm okay now Do you, yeah i'm not, sure, not sure you take them take it back so easily and like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. you've tried to blow me up twice maybe most people don't get away with it but angelina jolie does get away with that yeah and suppose by the inverse brad pitt does as well <laughs> yeah. if i was her i'd be like well did try and kill me a couple of times because even at the point in which they seemingly have, I keep saying seemingly, even at the moment when they realise, okay, we do love each other, 
they still don't have a reason for that. They're both just about to die and they kind of look at each other and say, oh, you know what? I don't actually want to leave you on your own to fight this. I do still want to be with you. Yeah. So I don't know how great they actually are for each other because even in the final scene when Brad Pitt's saying, ask how, many, ask how our sex life is now, it's a 10. Do these people ever actually have a normal conversation? <laughs> So they're like rabbits well, I constantly. They, they can, uh, I suppose they can go back to, to having their own form of how was your day chat now. And at least you at least you haven't got to tell lies. Yeah, that's fair enough. Something I wrote down is the technology they use in these films. And I wrote it down when they're doing the kidnap scene of what's actually the guy that's planted there. The technology is always the same in this kind of film. It's like a grayed out jittery screen and all you have on there is kind of these transparent cubes where you just have the outlines of them just moving around on the screen. And yeah. it's, very, it's very like Windows 98 screensaver style. Yeah, yeah, it looks like somewhere. I don't know where the blueprint came from, but so many films have just taken that same blueprint and ran them. Yeah. Why, why, why would it never just be either looking at CCTV normally or just a standard windows whatever it is at the time just a normal screen where you're looking at the info like it doesn't have to be some mad technology i don't know it's all to do to show with the money side of it and that it's big business etc yeah um anything else you want to add before we get into the judging no not particularly my friend let's do it okay Okay, which film did you prefer? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I agree. Uh, are we saying that Eastern Promises was more rewatchable? No, we are not. <laughs> that can't be your answer. No, it's not, no. I know it goes against everything we've batted on about for two and a half, two, two years, but nonetheless. Uh, best moment slash scene? Uh, I am going to go with a shootout in, that, in their house. I'm actually going to go for the sauna, which does look a bit suspect on my part, but it is. No, no, probably... I get it. I, get it. I, I do think it's a very, very good scene. It's just I happen to prefer Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which sways, sways it for me in this instance. Best quote. You've got to go with your diary entry from from the Eastern Promises, haven't you? No. Uh, I part of me thinks she's calling his motherfucker and then spitting in someone's face. Well, very powerful, very much a power move. Mine was uh, when Vince shouts up the stairs and says, uh, "Mum, we're on high alert. I could have killed you." Ma, get the meat off. Um, it had that those vibes to it. It really does. But that was that was the bit that made me laugh most in the whole film. Yeah, fair. And when he's explaining the perks of living with his mum, and he says she cooks for me, she cleans. Like, what? what what's she doing for you? Do you do you have to get permission from her before I go out? Fair enough. MVP. MVP. It's got to be Nikolai. I feel like it's the I forget her name. It's Naomi Watts more than. Like, okay. She has far less 
she's far less equipped than he is, and she still does go headfirst into the Russian mob. Fair enough. Uh, best side character? Oh, it depends. Yeah. Which one had you more on the edge of your seat? Um, Eastern Promises. I agree. Action per minute? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Agreed. Best soundtrack? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Originality? Hmm. I don't think either particularly, but I think Eastern Promise is more so than Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, I get, I, I get that. I'll get, I'll go Eastern Promises. Uh, bigger impact? Probably Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Best opening scene? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Agreed. Best ending? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And best chemistry? Make it a hat trick, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith is going through to the next round. One, two, three. Nine, three. That progresses. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie are going through to the next round. I will just confirm what is up next. Next week we have American Psycho versus Widows. Hmm. Seen either of those? I've seen American Psycho. Okay. Uh, I've seen both, so looking forward to watching uh, both again, actually. So thank you again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. <laughs>